talks about it talks about the new and uh, if that was a word that came to my mind it was that word new uh, over my time over my break the word new God wants to do something new in our lives new in his world uh, one of the new things is I think he wants to bring people back to the very reality of of Jesus Christ I think he wants to bring people back to himself because, you know, we don't need uh, to, we can get distracted sometimes with so much other stuff. And, you know, I, I wanted to tell you that the, um, uh, in the end, uh, the one thing that is our salvation, not just salvation as in commitment to Christ, but salvation in life is God. Uh, the world uh, didn't give you what God, the world can't give you what God gives you and he can't take it away either. Uh, if there's an answer, uh, Jesus is still the answer. He is still the answer uh, for life, and God has the answers. And so Isaiah 43, 19, the setting of it, the verse says uh, this. I'll read it to you, for I'm about to do something you see I have already begun. Uh, do you not see it? I love that. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland or desert. Uh, what a great promise. There's a whole, the context around that verse is the, God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the nation of Israel. And as he speaks to them, he's speaking them in captivity. They're in Babylon. They've spent 70 years in Babylon. Uh, and God says, enough is enough. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I want you out of Babylon and I want you to come back into, uh, back into Israel. Come back home. Come back to Jerusalem. And he says, you know what? He says, I'm going to do it. I'm about to do something new. You've seen 70 years of hardship. Now something new. And then you know what? You're going to have to come across a desert to get to back into Jerusalem and Israel. And he says, you know what? As you come across, I'll make a pathway for you and I'll make a river for you. I'll make a pathway to guide you. I'll make a river to refresh you in the desert. Uh, and what a wonderful promise that is. And folks, that is a promise that has resounded down through history to us today. That God is a God of pathways and a God of rivers. He's a God of roads and rivers. And, and of course, as we look at the, the uh, metaphor that uh, God speaks here and using the word road, He's talking about He wants to guide us. He wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. He wants to show you. Because you and I live every day making choices about how we're going to live our life. And sometimes we get bigger choices than other little choices can be small, but there can be some biggies. And, you know, it's at those moments God's Holy Spirit, His presence wants to lead you into making good choices. Because if there's one thing I've discovered about if I'm going to embrace the new thing that God has for me, it all starts with the decisions I make today, tomorrow, every day of my life. It all starts with the decision. You're the sum total of the decisions that you've made over the past, uh, however long you've been alive. Today, you're here today, or you're in your whatever situation you feel you're in today, whether good or bad, it, let's be honest, it's, this, it's, it's the result of the decisions you've made. And, you know, so decisions are really important. And God wants to guide us in, in how we make those decisions. And so in saying that, you know, God never forces us, but He wants to work with us to bring about the new things and the wonderful things he wants to do in life. And so, you know, decisions and choices are incredibly powerful. Um, and so I want to talk to you today about the process of making 
those decisions and allowing God to guide us. How does God guide us? How does He get us through? How does He take us from the, the, the slavery of what might be um, like Babylon was in, of addictions and struggles and habits and loneliness and grief and fearfulness? Some of those uh, moments in our life where we feel like we're just in slavery take us from there to, to back to something that's alive and fresh and whole and living. There's a process of going from there to there. And sometimes there's a desert that's in between. And God wants to make roads in the desert. He wants to lead you and guide you. So let's talk about that today. Can we turn now to a passage of Scripture that I think is instrumental, is, is so powerful in helping us to understand the way God leads? Because it's a moment in time where God led a man called Samuel, who was a priest and prophet to the nation of Israel. 1 Samuel chapter 16. I want to read this 13 verses. I want to read the story. Here we go. Okay, now the Lord said to Samuel, um, how long will you mourn for Saul? Saul was the, uh, the king of Israel, seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn, literally a goat's horn or a cow's horn with oil, and go, I'm sending you to Jesse, the a Bethlehemite, for I've provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he'll kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. And then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I'll show you what you to do. You shall anoint for me the one I name you. And so Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming. He said, do you come in peaceably? Uh, the reason they trembled is because, you know, Samuel um, sometimes would go to certain cities, and he'd, and he'd, uh, he'd uh, be, you know, kind of outline some pretty tough stuff for people, and, uh, and people might, uh, you know, kind of uh, face some pretty major uh, consequences because of what God was saying to them, and Samuel was the one to deliver that, and so they were wondering, Is he, are you coming in peace, Samuel? You are the priest and prophet of Israel. And he said, peaceably, and they went, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. And then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that looked... Uh, so it was when they came that he, Samuel, looked at Eliab, and, and that was one of the sons of Jesse, the oldest. Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at what? His appearance or at his physical stature, because I've refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Hey, famous verse. Famous verse, that one. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord's not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? And, he, and then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is. Uh, they're probably on a hilltop because that's usually sacrificed on high places. And so they're probably on a hilltop and they're looking out of some kind of valley where the, where the you know, flocks of sheep are. And uh, you can just imagine it. And, and Samuel says, is there one more? Is there any more young men of your family? And Jesse says, oh, David, there he is. Look, he's about a kilometer away. But there he is, he's over there. And so uh, he's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send him, bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And so he sent, brought him. Now he was ruddy. Uh, which kind of means tanned, I believe. There's some um, difference of opinion over that, but tanned, uh, with bright eyes and good looking. And mind you, he's only somewhere in the age of 12 to 15. So he's just a young man, okay? He's a young man. And then Samuel took the horn, uh, 
And the Lord said, oh, sorry, let's go back. So he sent and brought him. Now he was uh, ruddy, that's right. And the Lord said, anoint him, for he's the one. And then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day. So Samuel rose and went to Ramah. 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 So we see this wonderful passage of Scripture. And uh, maybe you've read that, maybe you haven't, but it's a great story. Uh, because it's God's process of teaching Samuel how to make good choices, how to make, how to, how to be led by the Holy Spirit, to be guided by God in making good choices. Because Samuel needed it, he needed it. Uh, so I want to talk about that today because I believe God wants to bring you into the new, and it all starts with the choice you make today. It all starts with just the little choices you sometimes think are insignificant, but it's just sometimes you know little choices can just make big problems or good blessings. You've got to make the right choice, make the right decision. So the first thing that I've discovered as we look at these verses, verses 1 to 4 of uh, 1 Samuel 16, um, God says to, to Samuel, you know, I've rejected Saul. Uh, I've got a new king lined up. Um, and he says, go to the, fam the Jesse's family, uh, which is, um, go to Jesse's family. He's got eight sons. Well, he didn't say that, but he had eight sons. The next king is one of his sons. Samuel hesitates, you know, he hesitates. And Samuel says, Saul may not like this. Uh, he may just seek to kill me. Uh, and you might ask, why would Saul seek to kill uh, uh, Samuel? Well, you know, Saul was not in a good frame of mind in the last years of his um, reigning as king over Israel. And, and he was known just to do stupid things. He was, he was not following God. He was doing stupid things like follow, going, talking to um, soothsayers and mediums and seeking their um, direction. He wasn't seeking God's direction. And Samuel knew that Saul was out of uh, not doing so well. And so Saul could do some crazy things at times. Uh, and uh, it wouldn't be past Saul to come and find out that Samuel was going to anoint a new king and come and want to kill him, chop his head off. And so Samuel was quite hesitant. He was a little bit concerned. Uh, but in verse 3, we see God says, I'll show you what to do. I'll point him out, Samuel. I'll point him out. Trust me. That's, he doesn't say trust me in Scripture, but basically that's what he's saying. Come on, Samuel. I'll point him out. Just let's take the first step. Do you know when you're going through a, 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 a time where it seems a little dark, a little not quite sure the next step, it's amazing that God may speak to your heart and he may just give you direction. You think, uh-uh, not doing that. But you know, it's amazing if you take the step, you'll light up the path. If you just trust him, he'll show you the next one. And often this, and this is my point. This is my point. The first thing about God's guidance is you've got to trust God. If, 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 you're, if you're enveloped in some kind of other trust, if, you, if you're always you know, trusting things that really don't hold water, sometimes we can do that. We could trust our own common sense, which sometimes isn't so common. Uh, sense, that is. Uh, we can sometimes just trust, well, you know, I'll do what I used to do. No, God says I want to do something new. Um, you know, oh, you know, oh, I've I, I got a good friend who told me what I should do. I'll do that. You know, and that, that might be the answer, but it mightn't be. So we've got to make the decision ultimately to trust our Heavenly Father. To trust our Heavenly Father. It's amazing. Um, and, and I've discovered the more closer I walked with Him, the easier it comes sometimes just to be walking in His ways. And there's a thing called God's providence. I don't know if you know what that means, but it simply means this. Sometimes as you're walking with God, it's not like God puts His neon sign in the sky and says, walk this way. It's just that you know that you know, uh, hey, this is the right way to go. 
This is his answer. And you know, God provides that kind of that wisdom and that guidance in those moments. I remember as a young man, I was, um, I was 18 years of age and I was uh, uh, looking for a job. And so I applied for several apprenticeships in Gladstone and in, uh, in Rockhampton as well. And so I got an apprenticeship in Rockhampton. And then I was not long after, I, I, I was rang up and I had an apprenticeship in Gladstone. What am I to do? Rockhampton, Gladstone. You know, and I was walking with the Lord and I was you know, had a good relationship with him. And, you know, in the end, I, I didn't, I kind of said, well, God, I kind of probably prayed. But in the end, you know what? I felt compelled. I just took the one in Gladstone. You know why? Because it's still closer to family. I thought, you know, mother, she can still cook for me and wash clothes. So I'll stay in Gladstone. It wasn't a big, it wasn't a big moment of uh, God saying, stay in Gladstone. So, but I did. And, and I look back and I thought, what a great decision. And that's called God's providence. Because as you walk with him, he makes it fairly clear, the common sense and the way you should walk. Um, I, I just, I think sometimes we can, we don't have to make it too difficult for ourselves, but we just need to be in relationship with Him and trusting Him. I, I love the reality of this. God gives us just enough information to make the next step. And, I, I, and I've asked this question, why not all the information at once? Why don't you just give us all the signs? Why didn't God tell Samuel, it's David? It's David. Why did he take you through the process of seven sons? No, it's not that one. Well, I think God wants us, I think the reality is, is sometimes if we knew the end at the beginning, we'd be overwhelmed and we'd run the other way. I think God just wants to take a step by step because I find God grows my faith. It's amazing how much bigger steps of faith I take today than I did 20 years ago. And, I, and, and if I was trying to um, uh, take the steps I take today, what I did 20 years ago, 20 years ago, I would never would have done what God wanted me to do. Because it which just would have been overwhelming. It just would have been too much. But now it's a little easier because I've learned that God is a trustworthy and faithful Heavenly Father. And so, you know, uh, you know, if we knew all the, all the facts of the situation that lay ahead, we probably could do what we call a Jonah, run the other way. God talked to Jonah. He said, I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah said, nah, I'm going the other way. I'm going to Tarshish. Eventually, Jonah got to Nineveh, but it took a lot of pain to get there. So we got to see God wants to do, we got to trust Him. We have to make a decision and that's the, to trust Him. That's their first port of, of call. And you know what? I'm glad God gives us guidelines already. Uh, he gives us guidelines. It's amazing um, how we can sometimes, when facing a decision, forget what God al already has told us. And, and, you know, we, and that's why I, I think we, not I think, I know we read His Word, because He guides us in those principles of how we do life. When I came to make a decision about the lady I would marry, there was no question, there was never a question of whether I should marry a person who didn't believe in God or not. You know why? Because I, I read the Bible. And it said, you know what, just be careful who you're connected with, because it can make or break you. It doesn't put it in that way. It talks about this wonderful thing called unequally yoked. But I just knew what God's Word said. I thought, you know, God, uh, it's clear. I just need to be careful. It's not that I don't love those who don't know God. Definitely have people like that in my life. I want to win to Christ. But you know what, when you're making those big decisions about close connections and relationships you don't know, make sure that someone with the same focus and vision as yourself i tell you what if some people had applied that it would save some people a world of heartache 
See, I love what God says. Sometimes the things that he, he gives us is guidelines. And sometimes we've got to be aware that with the decision we're making, there can be a great deal of emotion involved. And we've got to be careful that emotion doesn't rule our, our decision. And we need to be determined to be guided by God's truth and standards. Um, you know, the scriptures, his word is full of it. Forgive those who despitefully use you. So you're feeling offended today? I, res- I respect that and understand. Um, but if you allow that offense to eat you up, it'll become bitterness and it just destroys your life. It, it destroys you, eats you on the inside. The Bible just says, you know what? Forgive for your own health. I love the guidance God gives. He says, be, be, be slow to anger. Don't, don't, it'll consume you. It, it, you know, anger can consume you with revenge. He says, don't love money. It can make you greedy and destroy you. So constantly we see God speaks to us because His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, Psalm 119. It hasn't stopped being a word to our, um, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And He lights up the next, what we're standing on. Sometimes, sometimes we think, oh, God wants to show me down the path. We look at that verse, Psalm 109, 105, verse 105, and say, oh, God just wants to show me, you know, next step. No, God wants to light up what you're standing on now. Is it solid? Is there a decision pending in your life that you need to say, I've got to get off this um, miry clay. I need to step on something solid of God's truth. Because at the moment, it's a bit shaky life. And the decision I'm making, I'm feeling upset. I'm feeling struggling. I'm emotionally up, blah, blah, blah. And I, I can make a bad decision. You know, you've got to come and say, Father, what do I need to do? Well, maybe it is forgiveness. Maybe it is something else that God wants you to do that's going to be small, solid to stand on so you can then progress forward. Because Myrie Clay, have you ever walked through the mudflats of Auckland Creek? You sink up to your knees even further. It's just, it's... I was watching a guy the other day at Auckland Creek. He was trying to retrieve a, 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 a crab pot. And uh, the poor guy couldn't walk. He had to crawl because, you know, bigger mass of massive area. Because as soon as he started to walk, he just sunk. And sometimes I think that we, we, we're sinking in something that just feels so bad. We struggle to walk. I want to tell you, when you walk on his truth and his guidelines, you walk a lot stronger. You walk a lot quicker and your, your forward path is a lot easier. Uh, he wants to guide you. Samuel had to trust God. You know why? One of the things was because his life depended on it. If Saul found out, maybe life, Saul, uh, Samuel's life was over. Um, here's the second thing we're going to talk about quickly. It says this, and not only do we need to trust, trust our God, but we need to see. See, it says, um, verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 16 uh, God says to Samuel, I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Quite literally, the word provide has been translated from the Hebrew and in the English also means see. So what God was saying to Samuel, see, I have a, I have a man picked out already to be the next king of Israel. I just want you to see it now, Samuel. The word provide, I know they, you know, I've seen it, Samuel. I've provided, I've seen it, I can see it, I want you to see it now. Um, and so God was saying uh, to Samuel, I want you to see it. Make the right choice now to look. And here's the interesting thing, because in verse 6 and 7, that famous passage of Scripture, do not look at the appearance or at the height of the, of the person, um, but the Lord says, uh, 
I don't see as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so we see, we need to see beyond the obvious when we're make, about to make the choice. Because, you know, some of the things you see and look at are become very attractive. Very, they sparkle and they shine. You think, that must be the answer. That must be the way. I was in a, I was in a supper one night. Uh, I was about 20, probably about 21 years of age. I went to a supper after church and a whole bunch of young people. Um, and as I stood around the table, we're all talking. I, you know, being 21, I had an appetite the size of an elephant. And, um, and this table of food was spread out before us. In the middle of the table was this incredible pile of lemmingtons. Now, who doesn't like a good lemmington? On the top, you've got to see this picture. On the top of the pile of lemmingtons was this other, this, it was bigger than the rest. It was a third bigger than the rest and I am like I don't want to be greedy here but I reckon I could get that top pile that top Lemington no one else would really know and I'll have it for myself because man I could I could really enjoy that and so as everybody's kind of talking I quickly just <laughs> brought it back thought not many people saw that and I've got this Lemington it's this you know a Lemington is covered in chocolate and coconut and it, this one was massive I thought man this is gonna be so good I bit into it it was sponge rubber Someone had set me up. It was sponge rubber. And the people who had set me up uh, all started to laugh. And then everybody else who was there caught on and started to laugh. And about 30 seconds later, I saw the funny side of it too. It just took a little while. Uh, but I want to tell you, folks, you've got to see beyond the obvious because sometimes the outside of what you're looking at looks really shiny and really pleasant. And it seems like that's the way, but it's not because the heart of it doesn't match up to the outside and you've got to make the choice based on seeing a little bit looking a little bit harder sometimes in the decisions God wants to guide us because as Samuel looked at Eliab he said surely far out look at this guy he's tall he's muscular he must be the next king you know what Saul was thinking about sorry uh, Samuel was thinking about Samuel was thinking about the last king he chose because Saul. It says in Scripture in one Samuel that Saul, when they chose him, he was a he was a tall man above anybody else in Israel. He was muscular and strong and good looking. And Samuel's thinking, oh, I know what God's doing here. This is an easy process. It's just the other another strong, tall, muscular young man is going to become the next king. No, that's not what God wanted because David was just a possibly a somewhere between the age of twelve and fifteen anyway. Short little guy, tanned, uh, probably messed up hair, probably had a bit of sheep dung hanging off his, on his feet. He probably stunk. He'd been out in the, in the, in the uh, meadows night after night. Maybe he had a, uh, you know, it, who knows, but he wasn't king material looking stuff. Cause, because Samuel was thinking, you know, Saul was a show pony and he's looking for the next show pony. No, he's not. God's looking for the next man with a heart after God. Because Saul was chosen by people, by the nation of Israel. But I tell you what, um, David was chosen uh, by God himself. So I want you to see something this, this morning. We've got to see. What I want you to see is beyond the obvious. Um, and that's exactly why we need God. Because Samuel himself couldn't even decipher who was the next king of Israel. And he's, he's the priest of God. He's the prophet of God. And if he needed God's guidance and wisdom, how much more do I need it? <laughs> Far out. I need God's guidance and wisdom as well. Um, Samuel knew. Because, you know, none of us can see into the heart of a situation, can we? 
And that's where we need to see, you know, um, you know the scripture in Isaiah 43, doesn't it say this? Shall you not see it? Folks, it's not the physical sight sometimes. It's that, it's, it's not just seeing it, it's having insight. Insight. And only God can provide that revelation and insight sometimes into a situation. Um, only God can. Only He can. And you know that... Uh, how that happens is different for all of us sometimes, but he wants to provide insight. I remember as a young man, I was finishing the youth ministry here in this church, and I had a, I had a, a, a telephone call from the biggest church in Queensland um, saying, we're interested in interviewing as the youth pastor at our church. I said, yeah, oh, this is God. This must be God. The biggest church in Queensland wants me as a youth pastor. And, uh, and uh, so I was really excited. I thought straight away, it must be God. Because uh, it was really shy and briny and big, and it was a promotion and everything else. And you know, within two weeks, I knew it wasn't God. Because I just paused for a moment. And besides, I had a wife who said, Don't be silly. <laughs> it was actually, she was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but I want to tell you, you got to, uh, my next point is simply this uh, is, it leads me into my next point. Um, there's no quick answers, you just need to pause for a moment sometimes. If, if someone's pushing you today to give a quick answer, that's not the answer for you. You can't say, but you don't know the opportunity. I've got to grab it while I can. I've discovered that God, God uh, the truth is, is that unless God very clearly speaks to you, it's often through patience uh, that we need to see it. Because Jesse, uh, in the scriptures of, of, uh, uh, of 1 Samuel, Jesse called Eliab, he called, uh, he called each of his sons, none of them were the sons, and then finally David was anointed. Um, David was the one, it took a process, it took a little bit of time, and I think God wants to lead you and guide you, and sometimes he wants, there's a scripture in the word of God that says, you know, it's by patience that you possess your soul. Jesus actually said this in Luke 21, 9, by your patience possess your souls. And you know, sometimes it's patience, it's just giving your moment to your heart, your mind to just think and just to take a deep breath and say father instead of being all my emotions roll over here and taking you know buying into something that isn't of you can you just can i just for a moment uh settle my heart and just see what really is the answers here because the answer you think is the answer it mightn't be the answer at all but god wants to lead you in guide you into something it takes a bit of a process sometimes and to my um my understanding of it um, it's always a good answer is when you've thoroughly understood it investigated and just taken a moment to hear from God and not rush into something I mean that might be just 24 hours but at least pause for a moment and ask God in that direction man uh, we need to see that and you know when you go through the process don't despise that of just learning because it'll make your last choice not only the right choice but a strong choice and you know, when they went through all the process of each of those seven sons of Jesse and finally came to David, don't you think when they spoke, picked David, all the people who were present thought, oh, so God doesn't want just a show pony anymore. He wants a man after God's heart. Don't you think that made David's situation all that much stronger as the team come up? Don't you think that made uh, the choice, the final choice of David all that stronger? What do you think David, how David felt? When not long after this, he was being chased around the desert for 10 years, someone trying to murder him, Saul. And he knew, you know what? 
one day God's going to initiate this position of me being the king because he's already anointed me at the age of 15. How much strength is in that when you know you've made the right choice? And even when hell and high water comes against you, you know you've made the right choice because God spoke and you've been guided by the Lord. And the truth is, is that you don't have to be moved. You don't have to doubt at those moments. You know it's the right choice. I tell you what, it makes the, the, the process back here important because you've gone through the process of learning and knowing what the right answer is. And it makes whatever comes against you, whatever desert wilderness experience, whatever it is, you know that, God, I'm trusting you because I know that you spoke and that this is your choice. It's the right thing to do. And you know, sometimes you do the right thing and you cop, cop it anyway. Stick to it. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Make the right choice. David was not the preferred choice, but he was, um, he was God's choice. Um, he was the right choice. And so I see that God leads us, and He wants to lead us into new things. And He says, will you trust me? Will you see beyond the obvious? Will you be patient? No quick answers. Would you help me to speak to your heart? Would you put yourself in a position? God is willing to speak more than I'm willing to listen sometimes. He's willing. I want to just say sometimes the answers that we have before us can be several answers. And they can be several good answers. Do you know what? God just wants you to pick one <laughs> sometimes. Because sometimes hesitation is a, a roadblock or, or like a log jam to you moving forward. And some of us maybe today, since maybe this is for someone, you need to make, there's a couple of good choices. You need to pick one because God will bless that good choice because it's a right choice. See, that, you know, I'm a firm believer that God directs us and He involves our, our, our decision-making in it. He doesn't cast us off and say, I'll make the decision. You just, no, no, he, 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 he works with us. Sometimes you just got to make a decision. Stop hanging back. One day, one day I'll decide on that. No, no, no. Today is the day of decision, isn't it? Today is the day of salvation. God wants to lead us today. I know as you step into 2022, God has got paths because sometimes you're going to face some desert times. He's got a path He wants to lead you. And there's sometimes that in that desert, you're going to find that life's a bit dry. But I want to tell you, He wants to make a river in that place that will be sustenance and provision for you. Um, don't despise the desert moment. Just continue to walk through it. Psalm 23 says, Though I walk through the valley... In other words, you don't stay in the valley of the shadow of death. You keep on walking through it. But uh, the process of walking through it can be the making of your life sometimes. As you come out more hungry for God, more closer to Him, more purposeful and working in His ways. Can we stand this morning? And I want to pray for you today. If it's at least one person this morning that says that, that 
that there, there is a decision you need to make and you just need to make. You know the right decision you need to make and you're scared of that decision and you're concerned about the consequences, make the decision. Don't let it be a log jam to your f- forward, motiva- mo- forward motion. Make that decision. God would encourage you to make that decision because you just don't know what the future holds, but as you step out, it's amazing. As, as the children of Israel stepped out of Babylon into the desert, how he made a path and rivers for them. But they had to step out first, and you had to make the decision. And indecision is a not a decision. <laughs> it is a decision, I should say, and it's the wrong decision you need to make. Some of us feel like there's been, these last months or maybe even year, there's been like a desert experience for you, and it's just been your it's just been dry. Well, here's the word of the Lord for you today. God wants to make up guidance. He wants to lead you a path in that place. And He wants to lead you through. But you've got to trust Him. You've got to come to Him. Stop running to every Tom, Dick and Harry in the world and start to come to Him first. It's not that you haven't got good friends. Listen to them. But you know what? The reality is, is what does He say? What does His word say? Some of us need to read it today. It's been a while since you've got that Bible off the shelf or from under the bed or in the side table beside you and read it. Why don't you read it today? God challenges you because He wants to speak to you. I know what it's like. Days go past and you think, oh, I never even read it. I haven't read it. What? Some of us just need to draw. Just talk to Him. Spend 10 minutes just worshipping Him today, tomorrow. It's amazing how He can make your mind so much clearer as you just spend time in His presence. He's calling you to Himself because He wants to lead you. And you can't hear Him when you're all stuffed up with all other stuff of the world. God, I thank You that You love us today. I thank You that You call us into Your processes and into Your purpose. And I thank You for Your precious people. And I ask your hand the blessing and guidance and wisdom upon them as they walk from this day into the next, this week, this year. God, we need you. We don't need our money and the things. I'm thankful for the money and the things, but I need you more than that. I don't, Father, I'm thankful for good friends, but I need to hear your voice. I'm thankful, Father God, for you. God, for your word. Help me to receive and understand what you're saying to me. Father, we need you more than this world so Father we commit ourselves to you and I commit your precious people Holy Spirit come in Jesus name Amen Amen come on let's just worship for one moment